Welcome into NSN Daily. Alex Margulies. I'm Brian Samudio. Anthony Resnick directing us behind the scenes. Start off with a very special guest, great friend of ours and coach of the Wolfpack baseball program, uh, TJ Bruce, uh, joining us. You always have something stylish on your head, Coach. You always have stylish headwear. You've got great hair. Don't hide it. Where are you? Are you in? Are you in the Bat Cave? Are you We're Batman? In- I'm in uh I'm in the press box, you know, with this COVID thing. We all kind of Oh nice. Okay. I see we you have now. to split up. So now you're we're like in the visitors in yep. the, I guess the visitors um little booth um <laughs> in the press box. That's become my my home away from home a little bit. And um it's good to get to overlook the field, which is something I think we've always wanted to do is have an office that overlooks the field. So it's good to it's good to come up here actually. TJ, we're talking about just how impressed. I'm sorry about that. Uh, No, I stumped all over you. That was my fault. I said, get him a cot in a microwave and he won't come home. (laughs) I do have a microwave and a fridge somewhere. I I think it's in the, I think it's to this side of me. TJ, we talked a lot about just how incredible this schedule you put together this year, uh, just up and down, uh, and you go right out of the gates with Cal Poly, who's been one of the best programs on the West Coast uh, for, for a lot of years now, and you go down there and able to take three or four. You lose on, on Friday, but then you rally with three wins in a row. Uh, how big was that for your team to set the tone like that this season against a quality program like that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think – when, when you're when you're playing, you know, it's hard. And, and I know everybody makes a, a big deal about last year, and I know it, it was a big deal. But I, I think you got to be sensitive uh, as a coach a little bit to what the players are feeling. You know, you go, you go to Cal Poly. Um, Cal Poly is one of the best programs on the West Coast. I mean, let's let, – who's kidding who? Larry Lee's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, you know, he has one more win, and he will be the winningest – head coach in Big West history. Think about that wow. for a minute. George Horton, Dave Snow, Mike Weathers, uh, Skip Gillespie. I mean, think about John Savage has come through the Big West. So just think about that for a split second. And then, uh, you know, so you go down there and you lose 4 nothing, right? No secret. We hit 180. I know the secret's out of the bag. We hit 180 last year. And to all our fans, we're 2-12. and 12. I got it. Um, I'm well aware. But, you know, you worry about the psyche of our guys. And I think, I think the biggest thing they did after Friday was they were super positive on Saturday. And, and it was so good to see. And that was the biggest message. We had some hiccups. We had some things we want to do better. But I just love the energy, the, the energy, the positivity. Um, and as a staff, we were super sensitive, too, to, to the potential psyche. And, you know, what better way to get the first one of the season in a two-to-one game and I know that's not a big deal to a lot of people. It's a, it's a win's a win, but those are the games that we lost a year ago. You know, we were in quite a few of those things and those are the games that you, you lost in 19. And those are the games that you lose. And in, in, those are the games that make and break you in June to, or to get to June, in my opinion. And so for us to find a way to win that and scratch and claw and fight and toughness um, I was just so proud of these guys. And, and then it just carried over, I think, to the weekend. And there was never an oh, no feeling. You know, there was never an oh, no feeling in the dugout. There was no hoping. It was just, hey, let's let's uh, let's stay positive and let's just see what we can do and play nine innings. And, and that's what I'm most proud of with these guys. TJ, we've got some great uh, faces uh, coming up and down the lineup uh, when it comes to bats. Uh, Tyler Bassetti's back. 
Dylan Shrum is back. Marco Valenzuela is like 29 years old now, it feels like. He's been around forever. But I'm going to give credit to two kids that don't even have their pictures on the website yet. Um, how about Jacob Stinson and Dario Gomez, who end up you know, going 5 for 12, 7 for 17, both batting over 410 for you, and brand new faces. And that's, that's what happens in college athletics, but especially baseball. You see new faces come in and just dive right into the pool and grab a job and run with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, our returning guys, you know, they know the drill, they know how it goes, they know um, the ups and downs of a season, but you talk about two new guys, um, and Dario, you know, Dario comes from a great junior college program in Delta, I mean, they, you talk about um, a program that's, that's one, I mean, so Dario knows how to win, he comes from a winning program. And I think the biggest message for him was I, I asked him um, after Friday, where's Dario? Is he here on this trip? And, you know, he kind of looked at me and laughed. And um, But there's an adjustment period. There's an adjustment period from any program that you come from. But he just needs to go out and play. I mean, he's surrounded by really good players. And he's a really good player himself. And he has a ton of confidence in himself. And um, so I'm not surprised with anything that we saw all weekend. Um, and then Stinson, I mean, Stinson's been playing left for us, um, you know, a little bit of center, a little bit of left, uh, mostly left. And then just, so we hit him in the nine hole and I, for a few reasons, I think he can turn the lineup over, um, to whomever we hit first. And then, you know, just to alleviate any pressure of a younger guy in, in a big time setting. And he didn't, he acted as an older guy. I mean, the one you know, his two strike hitting capabilities, um, his ability, and I know everybody knows how we play, but his ability to get a drag bunt single and the whereabouts to know who was on the mound. There's two outs. Dario actually is at third base and he drags bunt for a single with two outs. And you're like, you know, I wish I can take the credit and say, no, I put it on, but it wasn't me. I didn't put anything on. He did it. And just the wherewithal to know what the situation is and that it's a potential weapon. And um, he played good and he handled left-handers. You know, you've seen that from our program in a lot for a while now as we can platoon some of those guys and we stuck them in there versus left-handers and, and they played well. So um, it's a tribute to those two. And I think it's a tribute to the program. TJ on Friday, you guys lose. And then you come back Saturday and Owen Sharts takes the mound. He had some issues with his command with seven walks, but four hitless innings and seven strikeouts. How big of a boost was it for your team coming into Saturday to get a start like that where someone goes out and, and puts up zeros for four innings? Yeah, I th you know, you know, the one thing I think we did all weekend was we we navigated traffic, you know, and I think what we call it POP, pitch out of problems. Uh, you know, so I, I think that, that was a good sign from our, from our pitching staff is that we were the ability to pitch out of problems, um, pitch out of some traffic. And Owen didn't really let his, his walks um, affect him. I know it's not the command we would have liked or he would have liked. Uh, we know that. But uh, Owen's capable of better, and I think he knows that. But, you know, as Ken Revisa says all the time, and the late Ken Revisa talks about or he used to talk about uh, just giving us what you have. Um, if you have 70%, give us 70% that day and whatever it is and make do with what you have and he gave us what he had and I think I think anytime you can do that you give your chance your team a chance to win and that's what he did regardless of the line score I, I don't really care about that I thought he gave us a chance to win and best best of all he was mentally present 
um, and didn't let anything affect them. Nevada head baseball coach T.J. Bruce joining us here on NSN Daily from his cave there at uh, Donaldware <laughs> Field at Piccoli Park. Uh, coach, uh, the early season tests continue this weekend and a Mount West Conference play open up very early for you. You got a doubleheader against the Rebels down at UNLV on Saturday and then a single game on Sunday. Uh, anytime you think about the Rebels, you got to think about uh, Stan Stolte, one of the great baseball guys. I've known Stan for 25 years, just one of those great guys that you're – I love him every day of the year except when Nevada's playing him. But uh, well, tell me about this matchup against the Rebels and starting Mountain West play this early on. Yeah, you know, it's – I think it's always a little nuts that you start Mountain West Conference play the second week of the year. I don't know any different. I guess last year would have been different. You know, we had the seven non-conference weekends. If we would have got to conference the eighth week, I, it's just crazy. It's crazy – um, I think it's a little too early in my opinion. I always, you know, cause no teams, you would like to have a handle on your team and your bench guys and have some guys in, in some roles, but Hey, it is what it is. But, um, I'm going to second the notion that Stan is the greatest baseball person, just the person, you know, I, we know he's a good baseball guy, but just the person Stan is, I love him. Um, I love, I talked to him this morning we were texting back and forth throughout the weekend and this morning. So I just love uh, talking to Stan and, uh, but he does a good job down there with the rebels. I mean, they're they're You know what, you know what you're getting. Uh, I think the great coaching staff, I think they got a great mix. Stan's been in the mountain West for a long time. Higgy's been down there for a long time. Um, they add Corey Vanderhook, who's the nephew of Rick Vanderhook from Fullerton um, there. And Corey played at Fullerton. Uh, their volunteer played at Fullerton. So you're going to get a lot of different styles. You're going to get, I think you're going to get some big ball when, when they want to go that way. And I think with the two Fullerton guys, you'll get some other things. Um, you got to be ready for some inside game stuff. And, you know, I mean, let's not discount, um, you know, you, Maddox has been around that program for a long, long time, a Hall of Famer. So you're going to get some guys that know how to pitch and stands a pitching guy as well. So we, we got our work cut out for us this weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to the challenge, but um, obviously it's great to play those guys um, and it's great to play uh, a great baseball staff and a staff that you, when you go play them, it's just all about baseball and um, it's good. It's good. I'm looking forward to the matchup. As you kind of take a, a step away from last weekend and now look ahead to this weekend, uh, when you meet with your team, you know, what, what's some of the messaging of just what you guys want to take away from that first weekend and kind of the approach going into this first Mountain West? Yeah, I, I think I think no matter what, you you know, the hardest thing as a coach is to not make it about the opponent, right? And and we know 18 to 20 year olds, 20, I guess in, in the COVID era, 22 year olds potentially, <laughs> um, you, you can't make it about the opponent. And, and that's something that I think we've done a really good job here about. Um, you know, it's never going to be about Cal Poly. This weekend's never, not going to be about UNLV. It's going to be playing the game, you know, because I think if you're playing the game, I think your mind mindset is in the right place. And I think the second part of it is, is there's always something to work on. You know, it's we struck out 42 times over the weekend um, at Cal Poly offensively. But if you're looking at just playing the opponent, you walk away three and one and all that stuff gets d dusted under the rug. But when, in fact, we got to work on some things with two strikes, I think if you're looking at um, the game, you know, our walks um, from a pitching side is something that we got to take care of um, and do some things. So uh, the message is just going to be about playing the game. And we got ways to get better. Uh, we have to get better. And I think that's what you're looking for in your team 
Um, it's all about practice. And Wednesday, today is the most important day of the year. Or I guess it's, yeah, Wednesday today. <laughs> Sorry, a little off. Uh, but today's the most important day of the year. So it's going to be about today. Um, it's going to be about Thursday, then Friday, and then we'll get into Saturday when we get to Saturday. Uh, Coach, I know you're always looking uh, to the next pitch and be where your feet are. I'm going to look to a couple of months ahead of time because you continue to literally challenge your team so well. May 18th, 6 p.m., when you walk into Jackie Robinson Stadium and return to UCLA, let me hype this up a little more <laughs> and face John Savage, one of your mentors, your former players that you, you coached at and faced UCLA ranked number two in the country. Is what's that going to be like for you to take Nevada to UCLA? Yeah, I, you know it's 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 going to be special, right? It's it's going to be as much as you know. You you talk about the team not making it about the opponent, then I got to probably take my own advice and not make it about the <laughs> opponent. But it's going to be it's going to be hard, you know, uh, into a degree. You know, John um, John means so much to my family. Uh, John means so much to me. Uh, you know, I didn't have, I was a volunteer in 2010 and I didn't get hired by anybody. And ironically enough, um, I, I was interviewed by Cal Poly slow in 2010 that summer. And I reminded coach Lee that this weekend on Monday, I said, I got a bone to pick with you. You never hired me after 2000, you know, that summer. Um, so he was laughing and we, we had a great laugh about it, but, uh, you know, John gave my family a heartbeat and, um, I, he's responsible for the chair that I'm in right now. And um, so it'll be, it'll be emotional for sure. There's a little bit of, there's still some of the players that I've recruited that are now playing. I know it seems weird, uh, but some of the guys are just now getting there to play. Some of them are sophomores and I haven't seen play, uh, but we had great success. I mean, we won over 200 games in a five year span and not to mention we won a national title there UCLA's first national title championship so it's going to be special it'd be cool for our players to see um you know a lot of what we implement here comes from john um so it'll be cool to see it ran um from from across the way it'll be it'll be playing like a mirror image of ourselves to a degree um but hey there again it's another opportunity for our guys i think our guys have earned it and you know we don't shy away from anybody once the san jose series was canceled and i knew we had games um, I went to look to see who we can play and John was the first call and I said hey I want to play and let's make it work and he was gracious enough to give us the opportunity and but there again let's not forget UCLA gets a chance to play Nevada too mm -hmm. so that that's that's the biggest thing. So it'll be Nevada against uh, UNLV this weekend. CBS Sports Radio, 94.1 FM. Saturday doubleheader starts at 11.05, Sunday 11.05. Uh, one last thing, we got about a minute left in the segment. This is the first time we've talked to you where you haven't been either at home or um, literally in Santa Barbara on vacation, I believe is where you were. Um, are, are Heather and the kids glad you're finally out of the house and back to work? <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're good. You know, I had Jax with me all weekend, so he was um, – you know, he's under our testing protocol. And so he got a chance to be with us all weekend, which was great. Um, but they're good. They're, I think we're slowly getting back in the rhythm of, of work and um, we're all over the place. You know, the one thing that's probably slowed down is BMX. You know, we did the first national in January, but unfortunately with my time and schedule, we just don't have that time right now. And we just rebuilt the bikes uh, from the ground up. So I, I rebuilt it before last weekend. So we're good on that. And 
the girls are dancing. The girls are, uh, we'll have to, I'll have to get a video of, of my oldest on there. She's, she's, she's full into the hip hop deal and, um, they got a competition this weekend actually. So we'll be at UNLV. They got competition. We got everybody in Reno picking up kids and taking kids all weekend. So we're, we're back to normal. We're back to the grind. DJ Bruce is dad, husband, and then coach down about here. <laughs> the circus continues. There we go. Coach, we appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend against the Rebels. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. We'll have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Uh, Kirsten Moran and uh, Chris Murray joining me now. Uh, talking uh, Wolfpack men's and women's basketball, and it's been a roller coaster for both programs. Uh, the Nevada men, uh, you know, basically almost 20 days off. They get San Jose State back, then they lose it. We'll kick this around a little later. Also with uh, Joe Bradley on Better No Bets. Uh, Kirsten, where do you think the mentality of this team is? I mean, the, the momentum factor is kind of out the window. Yeah, I think especially for the men coming off such a long break as well as the women. And the women really just used that momentum as a driving force last night in a dominant performance. But for the men, um, particularly... Alfred talked about he's a little bit worried because they're coming off of their best their best performance, you know, and now they're going to be coming up against Utah State and they're going to be playing against fans, which they haven't done since Grand Canyon. So I think with this young team, we're really going to see them tested to see how how they do with fans and how they do with the pause and Another notable mention that he talked about was Zane Meeks. He's still series by series battling his ankle injury. So I think if Zane Meeks doesn't play, that could also affect their performance. So I'm really hoping that with Zane Meeks, hopefully if he does get to come back and they use the break as motivation to really, really push them to keep the momentum going into the tournament. Here's Coach Alford. He talked about how he likes his team's mindset about the current situation. So they've been tremendous through all of this, working on and off the court. They were in their best shape on February 7th and then had to take a full week off. Here's Coach. But when you haven't gone up and down um, in, the, in the routine like you're used to in February, because I, I think once you hit February and March, you're, you're either really beat up uh, because of injuries or because of a great, a really difficult schedule bad travel, those type of things. You're either beat up or you're really hitting your stride because you're in the best shape you've been in. And I think that's where we were uh, on the 7th of February. But now where we are now, that that's hard because you, you took seven complete days off in quarantine. Uh, and then we have, and when you come back off quarantine, it's not like we can get them out there and go five on five, body on body contact. We need three days of gradually getting the guys into that. So it's just a different process and uh, it's different, but uh, I like our guys' mindset. They've been tremendous through the whole thing. Uh, they've been positive through the whole thing um, and they've really worked hard on and off the court. And I'm very appreciative of that. Chris Kirsten mentioned it, uh, going to the spectrum in, uh, in Logan with fans, that's gonna be so different for Nevada. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers. I should have looked that up beforehand, but when that place is rocking, it's one of the toughest places in the conference to play. Yeah, I mean, they are allowing about 1,600 fans. I don't think that's going to determine who wins or loses the game. I mean, this is not ideal, but, I mean, Nevada had a 10-day break earlier this year. They were coming off a loss against Air Force, and they beat New Mexico by double digits back-to-back -back games. They had a 10-day break last year uh, coming off a loss against St. Mary's, and then they beat a really good Colorado State game. So um, it's not ideal, but I, I don't want to see excuses being made if you don't play well, right? Uh, it's still basketball. You didn't forget how to play basketball because you had to sit out for 18 days. You know, they still have got to practice 
um, largely for the last 10 days. Now only really full four co full contact practices leading into this game, but um, you know, a lot of teams have had to go through this and you can use it as an excuse and you can play poorly or you can pick it up where you left off, which for Nevada was playing really good basketball. Uh, Coach Alford did mention a game earlier this week, Baylor against Iowa State. Now Baylor's undefeated, one of two undefeated teams in the nation. They were playing an Iowa State team that's two and 17. Baylor was at home. Uh, and they only won by five points. They were down by 10 at halftime. So uh, you have seen some issues. Baylor was coming off 21 day pause. I'm not going to say that it doesn't have an impact, um, but you control your destiny and whether you play well or you play poorly. Right. So uh, Nevada should be full strength. We'll see a Zane situation. He has kind of been serious to series as Kirsten mentioned, um, but Nevada has to come out and just play good basketball. No one's going to feel sorry for them on Utah state. If they come out and they're a little bit rusty. I mean, Utah state just had to go through this heading into a series against Boise state and they were missing their starting point guard because he has a foot injury. So um, I think it's a thin line between trying to be patient, understanding that Nevada could be a little bit rusty and allowing the team to use that as, okay, well, we can't go and win at Utah state. So uh, Steve Alford during his press conference did mention a lot of the cons and said there really aren't any pros from having a break like this, but they should be much more uh, well rested going into a very difficult stretch here. And then potentially after uh, to play four games in four days, to win a mountain West tournament. So not great, uh, but they can still, They'll go out there and play well and pick up where they left off if they're just as focused as they were in that UNLV and Boise State series. So Nevada at Utah State uh, Friday and Sunday, Friday at 6 p.m. tip, Sunday at 4 p.m. tip in Logan. If you want to check it out, FS1, Fox Sports 1 or ESPN Radio, 94.5 FM. Uh, Kirsten, uh, your beat this, uh, this last few months, granted, everybody covers everything, but one of your major beats has been the Wolfpack women's basketball team. Uh, impressive win over Utah State team that is not – Cream of the crop in the Mountain West, they're not, they're not a great team. But when you uh, hold a team to four points in the first quarter and then just kind of drive away from them and win 63-40 to 40 on your home court, saw it right here on NSN, it's, it's a good win. It was a solid performance. I mean, yesterday we didn't have a show or anything, but I just went to the game just because I wanted to see how the girls were going to do coming off of the long break. And I was really proud to see also the growth from uh, Leda Atuafe and Dom Phillips, who have both been battling injuries throughout the entire season. Letta tied her career high yesterday with 16 points. And then Dom also helped contributed to eight, um, give the team eight points. And not to mention Amaya West and Hamilton, they both had nine. So it was really a team effort and not, off not only offensively, but defensively. Like defensively, they had a season high 56 rebounds, 25 more than the Aggies. That's, that's huge. And on top of that, you know, they didn't offensively when they started the game, they didn't come out strong and same thing in the third quarter they didn't they didn't have, like they didn't they only scored three points within the first seven minutes of the, of the first third quarter so I thought that overall with the team effort with multiple players carrying the team with multiple players I'm sorry not carrying the team but contributing and getting points up on the board for for the pack really helped propel them and have a dominant performance and coach talked about how they're going to have to you know they're not today they play again at five so there really is no like time to really just to work on what, what went wrong. They're going to have to come back and start fresh. They're going to have to act as if this was the first game all over again. And this was the first game that they've won in any of their series for the season. So this is a big, also a confidence booster, knowing that the tournament is a, you know, one and done. So they've got to win the first one if they want to, if they want to see themselves go further in the tournament. Here's Nevada head coach Amanda Levins after the win over Utah State. When we were paused and I was able to go back to practice for the first time, I told the team it was like the first day of official practice for the season. Like I was that excited about it. And I figured they felt the same way about almost like a first game. 
Um, so I anticipated kind of having some jitters or people just being so excited to play that we kind of did too much. And you did see a little bit of that early, I thought, but I thought defensively our team did just a fantastic job. Our effort on transition defense was phenomenal, and that was a huge key to this game. So um, I thought our focus, um, that didn't miss a beat from our pause. You know, the way that we were able to execute what we wanted to do on defense I thought was really, really good. And offensively, you know, we weren't in a great rhythm, but. That honestly is kind of to be expected, but at the same time, we're not going to have practice time for tomorrow, so we're going to have to do, be a lot better, I feel like, tomorrow and try to get better quick before we go to Air Force as well. You want to check out Nevada and uh, Utah State, so depending on what time you're watching this show, either it's coming up after this show at 5 o'clock or it is just ended, and we'll have a recap for you coming up on Friday. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily with Rail City Todd's Picks after the break. The following segment is sponsored by Rail City Ale House. Welcome back to NSN Daily. It's Thursday. That means Todd Dreamer jumps on with us at, from uh, Rail City Casino and the Rail City Ale House. I see a new prop in the background there, Revision Brewing. We'll talk about that yeah. here in just a second. But Todd, let's dive right into some of the stuff that uh, you, you're looking at today. Uh, puck line on the Oilers. Explain that to me. Yeah, so I like the Oilers. I don't know if you saw the the rankings, but they actually made the top 16 in the NHL this past couple of days. So the Oilers have been coming on strong, and they're at a plus 165 on the puck line tonight. So I like them to uh, go ahead and, and win by two. You know, Connor's just killing it anyway. He just you can't stop him. So he, 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 Todd's just he's such a hockey guy, Chris. I think I'm a hockey guy, and then I meet a guy like Todd, and I'm not a hockey guy. Unfortunately, the Knights game uh, canceled, uh, postponed against the Sharks because of COVID within uh, within the San Jose Sharks. Um, Todd, when people you explain what a grand salami is in the NHL, is there ever a good bet for these saying, hey, I want to bet so-and-so to win the whole thing? There, there is, and, and the lines really shift a lot as the season goes on. Um, a couple weeks in, the Bruins were just on a terror, so I actually liked the Brewer, Bruins, and they were at plus 1,100. Um, so, of course, taking a long shot, I throw 10 bucks at it to win you know, 110. Um, I looked at it today and the Bruins are still plus 650. Um, they're the same as the Avalanche to win the, win the Stanley Cup. The Knights are at plus 500. So um, the Knights are the favorite team to win the Cup right now. They, uh, they look that good, I guess. Chris, you ever do that? Just you look at somebody and go, all right, they're plus 1100 at the start of the season. I'm going to throw 20 bucks on whoever. I never have, but those are some really good bets because you can get some great value there. Like if you look at the Panthers, not a lot of people think the Panthers are going to win the Stanley Cup, but they're playing really, really well right now, and they're plus 2,200. So you got 22 to 1 odds. You know, you put $50 down on them, and maybe things look really good come playoff time. So it, it's a nice way to, you know, have some long-term vested interest in a specific team. Uh, Chris, I'm going to throw this one at you. Um, who do you think would be the best future uh, if you're betting NBA right now? Yeah, I mean, I would still stick with the Lakers if they fall at all because of these issues that they're having with Anthony Davis being out. Now they've lost four in a row. If that number falls a little bit lower, if Anthony Davis looks like he might not come back, I jump on them because if they're healthy, they're going to win. It's just whether they're healthy. So just keep an eye on that line and maybe you can get some nice odds moving here forward. Todd, what's going on this weekend? You guys always have, have great specials and, and all the t big TVs you can watch, uh, watch, watch sports on. Uh, what's going on? We do. We have – so this weekend, Friday through Sunday – um, we're actually, we had just got some soft shell crab in a couple weeks ago and we're, we're throwing in a free soft shell crab with the Chipino. So 17 bucks, you get the full soft shell crab or the full Chipino with crab legs and stuff in there, but we're just layering on an extra soft shell crab for people that order it this weekend. 
we want people to realize how good that soft shell crab is we got in. So we're going to throw some out for free and, and we're looking at promotions, grab a crab. We might do some to go stuff with the crab as it gets rolling or add a crab to almost any dish. So um, we want people to understand with the value of that soft shell crab for us. Chris, are you a soft shell crab guy? I, I like crab. I've never had soft shell crab. Uh, I don't like seafood. Sorry. No fish, no lobsters, no crabs. Uh, it's just, I never ate it growing up. So I just have, don't have an acclimation to it. So not my thing, but th they got pizza there and I'll eat that. Uh, one thing you'd want to check out <laughs> on our uh, sister station, Fox 11. Uh, you can watch it there at, I'm sure Rail City is going to have at least one, one uh, TV on the NASCAR Cup Series at Miami at Homestead. That's going to be a 1230 uh uh, flag drop for uh, NASCAR. Uh, just stuff that's going on this weekend. It's it's going to be busy. You got Wolfpack games Friday and Sunday. Uh, Todd, any uh, anybody that you want to want to highlight as a as an OKG? Yeah. So, uh, Real City Way. We have a busser named Ramundo, and he's been here as of Saturday. He will have been here 24 years, busing in the Ale House. He's a great guy. Um, just dedicated every day. You ask him whenever it is. Uh, and to be here 24 years, amazing. We have some long-term employees, but um, in that position specifically, it's a hard job and he just comes every day, super happy to get it done. Ramundo, you're the man, dude. Uh, we appreciate loyalty on this show. Todd, thanks for being with us, man. We'll see you next week. See you next week. We'll have much more coming up right after this. You know, we're, we're so excited to have Kirsten Moran as part of our team. I can't believe you've already been with us for how many months? I think it's been four. A little bit four months now? Uh, but you've done your share of exploring, and of course, you post to the websites uh, your uh, some of your Reno favorites. Let's, let's go through a couple of them. Uh, you start. Where do you want to start off? With? We we could start at the top of the list. Um, I put ranked number one was Mexcal, which is a perfect date night spot. I will say you can get dressed up or you can be casual, but the food is delicious from the drinks to just the individual. Everything's a la carte, so you have to make sure you uh, start slow. Don't order a bunch of things; you'll be full real quick. Um, that was my favorite. I mean, I had a pineapple jalapeno margarita, and I will say it was delight. So, uh, Chris, Pine State Biscuit is what she has as number two. Are you a breakfast guy? I like breakfast. I've never been to that place. It's right across the street from Sizzle Pie. Um, but yeah, I've heard it's great. I heard the, the menu is awesome. It's a nice little unique place down uh, in the Midtown area. So um, I wouldn't mind throwing down, but I have not been there personally myself. Uh, Revision Brewing Company coming in at number three. Uh, Kirsten, you're saying if you like an IPA, you're a sour gal though. Yes, I love sour, which um, there's another spot down in Midtown, and I don't remember what it's called. I want to say it's something craft that has really good sours and also a ton of um, TVs so you can watch a bunch of sports games. Revision is an IPA, though, um, centered place and uh, lots of different IPAs. They also have stouts. Their stouts are a little bit on the heavier side. So if you like a lighter stout, I wouldn't recommend a stout there just because it's really rich, um, but really cool and really cool artwork. So if you're looking to take a cool photo for your you know, your social media, perfect place to go do, get a little photo op and a beer. You have discovered outlets at Legends. You would be surprised on weekends, on Fridays and Saturdays, Sundays, how many times you get off at Sparks Boulevard going east and how many plates are from California? You coming from the Bay Area have, have discovered one of our best shopping locations. Yeah, I, I'm like a one-stop one shop. So every when you go there, you can get pretty much from your, you know, they have sports stores and there's restaurants and there's shopping for clothes. And I have yet to see the water park be in action since I've been here. So I'm really excited to see that across the street uh, just be in full swing. But it's definitely, any if you need to want to get everything done at once without having to drive to multiple locations, that is your perfect stop. Chris, are you a mall guy? Are you a shopping guy? I can't see you. I can't see you enjoying going shopping. 
Why not? <laughs> Why would I not enjoy shopping? Uh, no, I enjoy shopping. I mean, I love the Adidas store out there at the outlets. That's I know. my favorite. My favorite's that. Uh, you know, they got Chick-fil-A, they got Popeyes, so you want a little bit of food. Grimaldi's is one of my favorite pizza places. Uh, you know, you got the Galaxy Theater, which, you know, pre-pandemic, we would probably hit every other weekend. So big fan. We used to live out in Spark, so we hit the outlets quite a bit. We've moved down to South Reno, so we're really close to the summit now. Uh, much more expensive at the summit, for sure. Uh, but the outlets is a, is a nice place. I, I don't mind a day of shopping and then getting some nice clothes. Uh, number five, Kirsten, you mentioned the Truckee River Walk. It speaks for itself. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and, you know, pretty much any time of the year, every month, you're going to have a couple of days, if not a week of really sunshine weather. But I want to hear about Boreal, uh, how you're uh, turning into a skier. Yes, um, I had tried snowboarding last year. I am not good. I cried the entire time. So I was like, I have to give skiing a try. And I will say the first time was not great either. But, um, you know, coming down the mountain, maybe grab a drink and some food, boost your confidence a little bit. But I had a blast. And what I love about Boreal is that it's open late. So I didn't actually get going and, you know, get my stride down the slope until a good three hours into it. But I was like, hey, Boreal's open till eight and you get the gorgeous sunset. And for those expert skiers, you also have, they have like the, I don't, the jumps and all the cool stuff for pro people that you can go and do. So I thought it was a really cool experience. I will say it's a little bit further from Reno, 40 minutes to Boreal. Everything else on the list is about 20 minutes from, I feel like wherever you are in Reno, I have learned that anytime anybody says, oh, this is where this is. I'm like, okay, so that's about 15 to 20 minutes. You can get anywhere in 15 to 20 minutes in Reno, but a uh, great experience at Boreal. I highly recommend it. All right, we're going long. I need the 30 second review of Homegrown Gastropub. Ooh. <sighs> A uh, really good brunch. I would have to say I've had the um, huevos rancheros, which is paired perfectly with pretty much any drink. And then I've also had the French toast just recently. And I will say it is rich. It's deep fried. And so you can get it with their apple, like cinnamon crisp apples. I have yet to go there for lunch or dinner, but highly recommend for a brunch spot. If you're looking for something lighter, aside from fine state biscuits, which I listed in the article. Check out the full story on NevadaSportsNet.com. Coming up next, Bradley Drendel and Janae's Bet or No Bet. We'll talk with Joe Bradley next. This segment is sponsored by Bradley Drendel and Janae. Well, it's Thursday, and that means Bet or No Bet here on NSN Daily. And uh, Joe Bradley from Bradley Drendel and Janae joining us once again with his immaculate desk in the background. Yeah, I, I, I have the camera up so you can't see all the clutter on my desk, but Joe, of course, is uh, dressed better than we are usually. Uh, Joe, how you doing? Everything's good, Brian. How about you guys? We're living the dream. You know, we awesome. get to, we're actually getting sports to cover, high school football, playing yeah, the game. We're excited about it. I just wish COVID would stop uh, biting the Wolfpack in the butt. Um, let's start off with that. Um, when it comes to this, uh, this basketball team, um, they were riding just such a high, and then to get completely unplugged because of COVID, and then San Jose State is on, then it's off. Uh, what do you think the mindset of this team is? Bet or no bet? Does this team come out cold, or do you think they're going to continue playing well? Well, you know, I have to trust in Steve Alford. I think he's a quality coach that is going to know how to motivate his guys. He's proven that so far. So uh, I think that they'll come out um, ready to go, but I think there's going to be a little bit of rust. And it's getting that rust knocked off. And, you know, they're going to face difficult teams in the tournament. They're, they're going to face, you know, the San Diego States, the Boise's, the Utah's. And those are excellent teams all the time. 
So uh, I, I hope the best for them. I wish they would have gotten a few more, you know, that they would be able to get a few more games in, and they probably will get Colorado State anyway. But uh, we'll just have to see. But I do trust in the coaching staff to have them prepared. Chris, when we found out yesterday that this game uh, was going to be canceled again against San Jose State, uh, we didn't, you weren't able to join us on the show. I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think this is going to do for momentum. Yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest schedule to finish the season coming off 18 days off. I mean, you're playing Utah State, which is playing for a Mountain West regular season championship, and then you're playing Colorado State, uh, and that game might be literally for a Mountain West regular season championship, given where the standings are right now. So, uh, you know, that is going to be tested in the Mountain West tournament, so I might as well have some t tests, uh, you know, at the end of the regular season here. It probably would be a little bit more advantageous if they played some lower caliber teams coming out of this break. But, um, you know, I'm with Joe. I think Nevada's going to play well, whether they win or not. Who, who knows? There's going to be a little bit of rust. But Steve Alford will have his team playing well, not only in these games, but in the Mountain West tournament. We'll see if it's enough. But, yeah, just really poor timing, given how well Nevada was playing leading into its first uh, COVID-19 positive test of the season. Really scary moment earlier this week in Southern California. Uh, a rollover accidents at like 7.15 in the morning and deputies got on scene and they realized it's Tiger Woods who's in the middle of this wreckage and who had suffered uh, just some horrific lower leg injuries. Uh, he's gone through surgery. Uh, he's stable, but, uh, you know, you got to think, is there a future for Tiger Woods? Joe, bet or no bet, is Tiger Woods going to play in a pro tournament ever again? Uh, I would suspect that he'll play, but, uh, perhaps in the champions tour, he's not going to play for a while. Uh, as you know, I deal with these type of accidents and injuries all the time. And these are devastating injuries that are exceedingly difficult to come back from. They talk about his age, that he is a young man, 45 is young, but 45 with that kind of injury is not that young, you know, um, it's golf is a is a very difficult game when everything's working properly and he's had the he's had a recent back surgery his fifth and you don't know whether or not this accident could maybe have compromised his back as well he rolled over three or four times but he was intact in the in the compartment and they got him out and he had the lower leg injuries they addressed it right away but he's got a long road to recovery that's for absolute sure and and playing it at a competitive level on the PGA Tour, I just don't know. I, I I would have to bet against it, to be perfectly honest with you. Chris, talk about having an expert in the field of, of you know what what happens in these these accidents. You have to almost recreate some of this stuff, Joe. I've never been in a courtroom with you, but I I think I want to do like a ride along with you, so I can actually watch in the courtroom one time. That'd be fun, I think, for me because our our justice system is is fascinating to me. Uh, Chris. I get up out of bed wrong and I can't play 18 holes and I'm in my forties and Tiger Woods is in ridiculous shape. Do you think he, uh, do you think he ever plays in a pro tournament competitive pro tournament again? Yeah, I'll bet on that. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because we don't know the severity of the injuries, but it's certainly something that's very, very serious. And as Joe mentioned, I mean, you couple that with all the back surgeries that he's had to go through and his body's just been through a lot. Uh, I think the competitive spirit in Tiger will want to get back on the course. I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, in the hunt to win PGA Tour events, but the Champions Tour might be a good fit for him. I just think he loves the game so much and he won't want to go out this way that you will see him on the course again in a pro manner. Um, but yeah, this is a devastating injury 
surgery for his career. I mean, he was already kind of on thin ice with all of the back surgeries and the torn ACL and everything that he's been through over the last decade, um, that this wouldn't shock me if this was uh, the thing that put him out as a golfer for the rest of his life. But I do think the competitive nature will get him back on a course, uh, you know, playing against other pros. The, the, the big thing for me is that Tiger came back from all the adversity off the golf course, the back surgeries. Uh, we, we remember the drives and he bends over and all of us have been there. If you have ever had back pain, it is debilitating. And then he goes out and wins the masters. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's a five-year plan in Tiger Woods's camp. And they're like, Hey, you're going to be on the shelf until the champions tour. You've played your last PGA tour event, unless it's something you're going to you know, qualify and you come back and you play for the masters and play something like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't rule it out, but he's got a long road ahead of him. Uh, one last thing here, Joe, uh, <laughs> This is, this is hilarious to me because we always give these, get these stories out of the Czech Republic or out of Russia. There is a new world record holder in the frigid category of underwater ice swimming. Uh, I did not know that there was a category for underwater ice swimming. A 38-year-old free diver in the Czech Republic set a new distance record today. Uh, he swam 265 feet beneath the ice, one foot thick ice wearing nothing but a Speedo. Uh, Joe, I don't think I'm going to bet on that. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get in there and do that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I, I, there are books out there that I think it's called What Doesn't Kill You. Uh, and it, it, it means it makes you stronger. And there are people that actually train cold, cold water training and, you know, the whole thing. Uh, it's not for me. I can't imagine going under the ice without, you know, without, scuba tanks and everything else because you got to find the way out yeah. you know and that's a challenge and in 37 degrees man uh god bless the guy that's a heck of a that's a heck of a feat but it's not for me chris you're probably you're the strongest swimmer most likely on the nsn team i mean julian delgadio backed out of the challenge <laughs> he never showed up for the challenge that brendan bray wanted to get you in the pool during the break at the UNLV meet, not that we remember it, Julian, uh, would you even try and take on something like this? Uh, no, not in cold water. I have, I have no interest in this. So this is a no for me. Um, I don't know that I'd reach the surface again if I tried to basically swim a football field underneath the sheet of ice. So uh, no bet for me. I do like swimming. Uh, I don't like 37 degree water, though. And I also don't like swimming when there's a, a very strong glass of ice above my head because you know, things could go really, really wrong. So uh, I'll opt out of that one. No chance. No absolute chance. I'll do a polar plunge for, for a charity. I've done that for, uh, for Special Olympics, but there's no chance I'm going to try and get under ice. Uh, ice fishing? You bet. I'll sit in the shack and have a beverage and, and, and jig for some fish. No problem. But uh, ice swimming? No. That's better. No bet. Brought to you every Thursday by folks over at Bradley, Trendle, and Jay. Joe, appreciate the time, man. Always great to talk to you. Always. Thank you, guys. Take we'll care. Have much, much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. That'll do it for us here on NSN Daily. We are out of time. For Chris Murray, I'm Brian Samudio. Jenna directing us behind the scenes. We'll see you next time.